Hello and welcome to Abernethy Archives. This is the podcast where we talk about uh, Museum of Abernethy, we reminisce about things in years past from Abernethy and talk about issues that affect small museums like us. Today um, you have me, Irene Halliburton, I'm a trustee, uh, Anna Cunningham who Hello. is also one of the trustees and don't forget about Anna's interest in poo. And, um, do, do forget, it's Christmas, you probably should have to <laughs> think about like, jobbies whoa, at this point in the day. The Christmas poo! Mr Hanky! <laughs> <laughs> Basically we're just going to waffle about Christmas things for the next hour. Historical Christmas things. Historical thing. Christmas things. And also behind the control desk is Katie, who's one of our museum volunteers. Hello. Hello Katie. It's all her fault we're doing this. this so is we're very fault. sorry. <laughs> So Christmas traditions, cake, cake, Christmas cake. Um, Blank I'm up. sorry, we're going to talk about dumplings. Do you to? Do you not like dumplings? I don't like dumplings. Do you not like dumplings? What do you mean like when you say dumplings? So dumplings, we're talking about quite dumplings. We're Quitty. talking about um, a big mash of treacle and. Flour and so not suet, suet and raisins and my dumplings of apples and spices, and, spices and... and then you wrap it all up in a tea towel and stick it in a pot for the rest of the day. Boil it to death. Boil it to death, and the best dumplings have a skin on them, uh-huh. which is dried in front of your coal fire. Nowadays. Do you know how many people have a Well, fire? I know someone who, it was their birthday this week. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, someone. Their 70th birthday. Nice. And all they wanted for their 70th birthday was a clouty dumpling made. So their husband got up at like six in the morning <laughs> and made this clouty dumpling. I love a clouty dumpling. And they had to finish it in the oven. Because yeah, they did not have, they have a stove. Yeah. But they don't have an open yeah. fire, so they put it in the stove mm. in the oven to dry out. But and they didn't put money in it. No. Um, so my gran was the dumpling maker. I mean that that mantle has been passed down to me. So you get the recipe and you get the clip passed down and you get the the lore of the dumpling. Passed and the clout is the cloth. That's the cloth that the, the dumplings cooked in. Some people do them in the microwave in a bowl now, and I. Oh, I, that's just wrong. I think it's just wrong. That's I've just never wrong. tried it, but I think it's probably very wrong. So my grand's thing, she would make a dumpling at Christmas and one at New Year, and the. Christmas dumpling had silver sixpences in it. We still got grand sixpences. Um, we wrapped them up in a bit of greaseproof paper and just shoved them in. And if you got one, grand used to give us twenty p, and we would give her the the sixpence, um, the sixpence back. So the, the stash of sixpences were kept. But the New Year one didn't have sixpences in it because the New Year everyone got a bit tiddly. And they might swallow them. I was going to say, they were too hungover to notice. They yeah, were swallowing a so coin. You, you didn't want people swallowing your um, silver sixpences, or you would have had to follow them around with a bucket. Which is where Anna came in. Bucket in a sieve. Yeah, bucket in a sieve to try and get the, the silver sixpences back. So was that the traditional, more than a Christmas pudding or a cake, yeah. was that more historically yeah, the traditional? I think Christmas pudding is... It gets evolved from uh, the dumpling, kind of, because there's, there's a lot of similarities. It's steamed I mean, as well. The same, it's the same kind of thing. 
Um, but un- unusual. Given some other Scottish cultural traditions, we tend not to, you know, clatter our dumpling in booze and set fire to it. No, which, no. Which but I, it is different I because of booze. I don't know. I don't like Christmas pudding. I love dumpling. Like any of it, I don't like dried fruit. Same. Horrible. Really? Yeah. The the good thing about a dumpling is that although they're quite big, they can you can treat them in all different ways. When they're nice and hot, they're just so nice. I mean, they, they shouldn't be dense inside. They should actually be quite quite Sorry. open and yeah. fluffy. I put an I put a grated apple in mine. All right, Paul Hollywood. But once it's a few days old, you can toast it. Mm-hmm. So you can just get a slice and you can stick it in your toaster. What some people do, and I'm speaking to someone this morning who does this, is that they then fry it in yeah. butter. Oh, I used to do that. Yeah. And what could you could almost have that as part of your cooked breakfast, you couldn't could. you? Instead of like a what is it, a yeah. fruit pudding thing that yeah. you get. Yeah. And yeah. you know, slice up your leftover roast potatoes. Although that's not a concept I'm personally familiar with. <laughs> you can stuff them in your leftover as well. Yeah. Who has that? No. I always do extra. So that you've got leftovers. So that there is leftovers. And even boiled potatoes. Because they're really nice with salad cream. Oh, you and your salad cream. Salad cream's (laughs) the best, though. I wouldn't put it on my Christmas dinner, but it's good on the leftovers. Like if you're on a wee cheeky turkey sandwich later in the day. Yeah. The other thing that we do with leftovers, and again, there always has to be leftovers because it's so nice, is turkey crumble. Not heard of that. Oh, if you're not, this is a this is a this is a great thing. So turkey, uh-huh. and you've always got a bit of bread sauce left. Yep. There's always a few sausages, um, cram you know cranberry sauce, and you mix all of this together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Put it in you know like a a dish, a metal pie dish or something, and then the stuffing, you break up and crumble it on the top. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you've got turkey crumble. Yeah. No, that's what it's quite right. And you can put, you know, anything that's left, any of the veg, carrots. Chipolatas wrapped in bacon. Anything. Chop it up. Put it Not that there. I ever have any of those left. But that's no. that's something that our family have done for years. Might need to try that. It'd be better than the old Boxing Day turkey curry for a change. Oh, yeah. No, turkey crumble. Turkey rissoles, because, you know, when we were kids, you'd have your turkey dinner and then you'd have varying degrees of turkey-fied mm. meal for the rest of the week. Yeah. And at the point where it was like, right, one last hurrah out of this turkey, and then we've really have all had enough. She used to make turkey rustles, which would just be the, the meat shredded yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mixed with some breadcrumbs and an egg as if you were going to make a burger out of it. Like a croquette or something. Rolled in the yeah. ball, um, dipped in ruscaline, because mm-hmm. we didn't have fancy breadcrumbs. No, no panko. Um, and dunked in the chip pan. Turkey rissole and chips. Yeah, but he even has a chip. But he even has a chip pan. (laughs) Exactly. But an air fryer. I have an air fryer. I quite fancy getting one of them, but I think it would be like a sandwich toaster. I would use it excessively for Mm -hmm. three or four months and then be like, no. To be honest, we don't touch our oven anymore now. We've got the air fryer. Because we roast in the air fryer as mm. well, so and there's just two it's of not us. So I can only call in a small household. Yeah, which is not why people are tuning into the. Sorry, <laughs> but, <laughs> now okay. selling air fryer. Okay, yeah. here's the question then. Yeah. Historically, was it always turkey at Christmas? Is turkey a recent transplant? Or I think it's another one of these things that 
I think the Victorians the did Victorians. it first. Because they? they did goose as well. Yeah. I, I think the turkeys must have come from America. I don't know about, like, in this particular part of the yeah. world, I would imagine people had what they had. Like, you talked to them in the earlier episodes about the the detesticled chickens. Yes. You know, if you had, if you kept hens or whatever, you might yeah. have mm-hmm. a chicken for your Christmas well, dinner. This is the thing, the chickens are more value to you from a protein point of view as an ongoing source of eggs. Yes. Or, well, the females were. The females were, yeah. I mean, again, the males, if you removed their testicles. Um, but the males, you could eat them anyway. You could eat them anyway. But one, I think one of the, you know, eating what you had, I think Christmas was a thing where you had lots, mm-hmm. but you ate it until there was none of it left. Yeah, yeah. yeah so like, you'd maybe get yeah. a lamb and you would break up the lamb and you'd have a roast on Christmas Day yeah. and a leg yeah. on another day. and People grew their own veg and stuff mm-hmm. more, yeah. you know. I mean, your dad and mine probably did the same oh, thing. Dad, you so grew hundreds of tatties and then you had a big sack of sand in the cellar mm-hmm. where the tatties were stored over yeah. the winter. I, my dad still keeps his tatties. He used to that. scare the bejesus out of me because it went right way down the cellar for some tatties and it was dark in there. And it was <laughs> cold, you were breaking about <laughs> this bag of sand. Like a crystal maze sp- challenge. Yeah, was, oh, <laughs> things, things like neeps and because dad always has a few and he always has some beetroot and they just get left in the ground. Yeah, and, and pulled when you need them. And, and pulled when you need them. And even if it's really frosty, they still, they still keep. I love beetroot. I love beetroot. See, for Christmas dinner, if I got a bucket of roast ties mm. and some beetroot mm. and a jug of gravy, happy camper. Yeah. Maybe some pigs and blankets too. Yeah, got it. That's all I need. Yeah. Never mind your vegetable nonsense. No. Christmas starts really early these days as well, Mark. It does. Yeah. It's I, September. I know. I'm down. I know. Oh, after Halloween's gone, uh-huh. it's like, oh, it's Christmas now. Everyone put their Christmas trees up. But Why? I don't much. know. I think people just like the shininess in the middle of the dreesh. Yeah. I mean, I do like a sparkly thing, as you know, but I'm not. My tree doesn't go mm. up until December. Cause... Well, I mean, mid to the end of November, we had quite a big cold snap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which feels festive. Which today. feels yeah, festive, yeah. and I think that kind of gets you in the mood when you start to feel the. Outside. I know, I know, uh, but it was funny because I mean, modern history going back five or six years. Yesterday's history. Mm-hmm. Today is still a mystery. But going back, I don't know what a date going to be tomorrow? I was. I remember driving to my mum's house on Christmas Day. Uh huh. Now I live north of Perth. She lives between Perth and Stirling, yeah. and I drove. 11 in the morning and it was 11 degrees on Christmas day yeah, that's not right. and then the next day it snowed yeah. <laughs> I remember it being boxing day in my house and I'm looking out the window and I'm, I literally drove to my mum's in a t-shirt and a pair of jeans because it was that mild on the Christmas day and that must have been about 2016 2017 yeah. kind of time yeah. and it's it, but this is it the weather's nuts I mean it's currently blowing a gale outside the museum if you hear background noise that's what it is but we never so Anna and I were at primary school together I'm only slightly older than Anna by a few months and so much wiser and so so much wiser (laughs) I'm glad you realised that yes I've learned Um, over the years but my dad now I think my dad maybe used it as an excuse (laughs) (laughs) so we went to primary school and we obviously had a primary school Christmas concert. We did. And it was usually a couple of days before the school came off. So 
you know, this week it might have been like Tuesday or Wednesday yeah. in the Williamson Hall, just up the road. Tripped up and down to do rehearsals. Yep, do and, rehearsals and, and it was all, I, my memories of it are always that the wind was really snowy and the shock yeah. had just over and we used to play slideys trying to go down and Miss Dobby would be like, don't do that, I don't want any children with broken legs two days before Christmas. But Dad used to put the tree and the decorations up while we were at our Christmas concert. Ah. Looking back, I think he probably used it as an excuse not to go. But, <laughs> fair. You know, small fair. children giving it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was. And doing the actions. And, and then Mary gave first to a boy in a manger. <laughs> but it was so nice going home just, you know, less than a week before Christmas. Mm. And the house was suddenly, you know, it suddenly became Christmas. There was... The Christmas thing in, you were together with all your pals from school, the Wellington Hall was all decorated and you went home and suddenly the living room had become this kind of Christmas wonderland. Yeah. And I think nowadays there's just, it's, it's too it's, long. Yeah. I think a lot of people use the 1st of December as their, it's, first, it's Christmas month, that's it, the tree has yeah. to go up. I mean, personally, I, I do tend to, um, this year, I'll just put it up yesterday, yeah, that's I tend to put it up a wee bit earlier in December because um, it's a massive faff mm-hmm. and there's the yeah. annual fight with the Christmas lights and then it's a faff to take it down and I just think if I'm going to have to go through that process, I want to yeah. get the benefit of it yeah. for as long as possible. <laughs> but, but it's not, I'm not a huge Christmassy person, but... People who put them up at the beginning of December, they take them down on like Boxing Day. Yeah. And it's like, really? But then people nowadays appear to think that the 12 days of Christmas start on the 13th. And this is so a level dialogue. The 12 days of Christmas start on Christmas Day. The 12 days are after Christmas. Yeah, because. They're not before. I remember reading something about um, in the Catholic faith. I don't know if it extends to more faiths. I just mm-hmm. read it particularly about Catholicism is that they have their, um, on like the 6th of January or something, an epiphany, they have Epiphany, yeah. which is like sometimes referred to almost as like Little Christmas, because that's the end yeah. of the, yeah, in, the 12th. In, yeah. the, old, in yeah. the old calendar, that was Christmas. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of being carried on. I can't remember, did it go from Julian to Gregorian or? Yes. Yeah, in, but in the old the Julian calendar, your festivities started... And then the 12th day of Christmas, the 6th of January, was when Christmas was actually celebrated. Yes. And somehow it's kind of just kept going for some people. I think what's come down to modern times is it's bad luck to have your decades up after the 6th of January. Yes. Yeah. I remember remember that growing up. That was always the superstition. But like, if you're lucky enough to have the fortnight off at Christmas, you want them down and away by then anyway, because you don't want them to come in from work. Yeah, and you want it done before, you know... The kids, you sort the school uniforms for going back to school and you ha- they help take down the decorations and get the yeah. house back to quote-unquote normal. Yeah. I don't have a Christmas tree or decorations because my cats destroyed them the first year I got them and I just couldn't deal with having to redecorate the tree on a daily basis. <laughs> so I've got... And now I have a puppy. Yeah, he's just yeah. going to eat everything, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He well, was... Let's be honest, I'm quite lucky with Asbo. I was worried last year when the tree went up. And he came through and kind of looked at it and sniffed at it and had an experimental part mm-hmm. and then realised that it wasn't actually edible, so has no further interest in it. Yeah, so. um, for listeners, Asbo is Anna's adopted... <laughs> He's my neighbour's cat. 
cat. <laughs> who, yeah, who just bunks down at us. And, but yeah, no, my ambassador dog, Miho, saw his first Christmas tree last weekend. Ooh. And it was a nose at the baubles. Mm-hmm. And he tried, and there was a chair next to the tree, so he climbed up on the chair and had the front paws on the arm of the chair and having a little good look. Mm. And then when I think he realised it wasn't going to fight back, he just went, okay, what ifs? Yeah. To be honest, Miho is more likely to chew the cables for the lights <laughs> and give himself a shock. Yes. So he I mean, is... he probably wouldn't do that twice. <laughs> no, well, you say that, he chew... he got a shock off my electric blanket wire when he bit it, and then I repaired it, and then he tried to bite it again. So... But say many years ago, my old cat Floyd um, saved us from being burnt to death at Christmas. Oh, wow. In the days before you had the wee LED Christmas tree mm-hmm. lights, and every year you had to untangle them and check the bulbs and all the rest of that. And the tree was all up, sat watching the telly. And Floyd was a bit obsessed with the tree, I'll be honest. And he sat in front of it and meowed and meowed and meowed. And I was like, shut up. And it was fun. And he kept on going. And meowed and meowed. And eventually it's like, hmm, this isn't normal behaviour. Mm. Let's go and investigate. And one of the bulbs had started to smoke. <gasps> wow. And we hadn't, it was so subtle. Do you know, it was just a tiny you had bulb. Cat Lassie. A of wisps, wisps of smoke. So, yeah, that string of bulbs got switched off and mm-hmm. was then later binned. Anyway, so anyway tell, tell me about Abernethy Primary School Christmas concerts. Well, the, the primary school tended to be a carol concert. Yeah, that was a carol Because the nativity was done through the Sunday school. It was. And that was always in the church, I think, the Sunday before Christmas-ish. Yeah. It was always a bit of a fight to see who was going to get, you know, the, the star cast member. Oh, yeah. In the nativity play. Yeah, it was going to be Mary, it was going to be Joseph. Yeah. Were you two ever Mary? No, no. I think I remember being a, a shepherd one year. I was a mad professor one year. What has that got to do with the nativity? Do you not remember that one? No. It was um, it was the year I think Chris de Berg brought out a spaceman came travelling, and Irene had written a nativity play for the Sunday school this is, based this is on. Not me. This is Irene. This definitely Irene. He was our Sunday school teacher. Um, basically based on this spaceship was travelling oh, towards wow. the Earth, I and there was a mad professor at the helm. And they kind of hovered about in their spaceship. I may have rebelled against the... On principle. You know, they were there to see the shepherds and the wise men and Mary Joseph. Oh my God, aliens at the the birth. Honestly, I I mean, I don't... Obviously, it was a very long time ago. I don't remember the full detail Mm. of the plot. But there is a photo of me somewhere dressed up in my great-granny's old glasses with the lenses knocked out and a bow tie. So what, (laughs) what year... What year was Christoberg's Lady in Red released? No, not Lady in Red. Red. Spaceman. Lady in Red. That wouldn't have been appropriate at all, really. The the, the part I always wanted was the the Archangel Gabriel. Yes. Um, Mainly because you got to go in the pulpit. Oh, yeah, and up above everyone. You got to stand above everyone in the pulpit. The pulpit was all... Like, if you were in the church and there was, like, no one else around... You'd touch it. You'd, like... Open the door and go into the pulpit. Yeah. Oh no, I can't be right. According to Wikipedia, it was uh-huh. released in 1975. This this was early 80s, oh. so it must have been a re-release I, or something. I rebelled against Sunday think, school by then. Oh, here we go. 1986, it was re-released on the back of Lady in Red being successful, so that oh, would be about right. Right. 86? You'd be in secondary school by then. 
No, yeah. but it was... It was senior Sunday school. Oh, oh no, I, I... I don't think you were... No, I think... You were a heathen by then. It seems a bit... You would yeah. have rebelled on the grounds of Christopher alone, to yeah, be fair. Yeah, I would have rebelled on the grounds of Christopher alone, yeah. I'm sure it was, it must have been, it was somewhere in between 75 and 86. I, I wouldn't have, have been gone to Sunday school beyond primary school. Mm. I didn't get a choice. And then mm. I had to be a Sunday school teacher. Yeah, no, I wasn't. Which entertains everyone who knows me. See, we, the, the primary school I was in in Blackford, there was only like eight people in the class. Mm. Which was great, because it meant they didn't need to find all these different parts to, so that yeah. everyone got a part because I was kind of in that beginning of everyone gets something era yeah. as opposed to you're not good enough sit there and shut up you can be in the chorus yes so we did an activity during the day just for the school uh-huh. and then at, on a different night we did a carol concert for mm. the parents and right. grannies and everything else no our, our nativity was always the church, church. Um, I mean for those of you who have no idea about the geography of Abernethy, we're currently sitting in a museum and just across School Wind is the school. So just to the west of the museum is the school. Which isn't a school anymore. Which isn't a school anymore. It was. And then just to the north, no, just to the south of south. us is actually the church. So there's this kind of... Triangle. Yeah, triangle. Triangle. You know, the the school into the church, there's a bottom corner gate. So we were always in the church and then the the, the hall is just up the wind. But um no, I, I think everyone did get a part in this in the, t- yeah. in the I mean t- you were t- like sheep number three or something. Yeah, we you had just, small small classes yeah, though, didn't they? You, you just know? got to be a sheep or you got to be a shepherd. Or an um, angel. Or an angel. Um, I definitely remember being a shepherd with a tea towel on my head. In fact, you know what, right? Forgotten about this. My mum's brother was in Egypt for national service. Right. Um, and he brought back the actual the head covering with the proper mm. band that we uh, had. You... I've still got it. And I used to wear that. Ooh. So you didn't do the tea towel with a, no, your dad's tie wrapped no, around it? I was a, quite a posh Yeah. I, I always, I always got stuck being the narrator because I was the only one who could like read it, and yeah, speak like, and yeah. not I be bothered. I got quite a few times, which is terrifying. I do remember being a shepherd one year, mm. clad in mum's best tea towel, mm-hmm. dad's wedding tie, I think, because my dad wasn't really a tie <laughs> no, person, no, was tying it on, and my granddad's nightshirt. That must have been a right bonny uh, My dad was a bank manager, but he, but all his ties had like Clydesdale Bank on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they were all branded. Yeah. My dad I always wanted to be an angel. I was very jealous of the people who clearly had massive head injuries from their mother trying to mould a wire coat hanger yeah, into a so halo the, to wrap tinsel sat, around them. Yeah. Sat away I always thought yeah. it, was, it probably was a comment on my character in the church may have burned down if anyone cast me as an angel. But they let you be a, if they let you be a Sunday school teacher, you must have no, had that was exhibited strange. some kind of thing. Well, no, it, it was arranged by mum in the background right. when I was about 15. She came home one day and said, how would you feel about helping out with the junior Sunday school? And being 15, I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> Over my dead body, etc. And mum was like, well, that's too bad because you start on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) And I noticed driving into Abernethy today, Mm. there is a nativity 
freeze. Yeah, Ooh. aye, in uh, Nurse Peter's garden. In Nurse yeah, Was that nice. always a thing or is that... No, I think that's quite yeah, a new kids. thing. Um, when we were kids, the Christmas tree was in the square. Mm. Right. Just, again... Kind of where the memorial is. Just where the war memorial is. They used to put it in the corner, but nowadays there's so many people with cars mm-hmm. that... It, you know, people wouldn't tolerate it because there'd be no space to put yeah. the cars. Although I think being in Nurse Pretty's garden is actually quite good. I think it's you, a really if nice If you're driving spot. in at night, it's a great spot because it looks really welcoming and yeah. the lights are on and yeah. it's all yeah. very festive. As, as I say, as I was driving in, I'm like, oh, that looks really good there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, I think it's a good spot. That's on a pretty brief yeah. day. Yeah. You can still see it and it notice just, it. It feels kind of nice and Because yeah. yeah. I do remember like, coming up to Christmas time when you were at Sunday school, if you got a bit bored or distracted by whatever the minister was yakking on about. And I used to sit and gaze at the, um, like if you were sitting in the pews facing the pulpit, the stained glass window to the left that's got the nativity scene. Yeah. I was always quite obsessed with that window because it had lots of pretty Mm colours. The star. Yeah. It was a really nice, well, did it it have the star? It has to have the star if it's a nativity one. Yeah, it will do. That guided them. Anna, social media guru, is checking because she has previously shared yeah. said window. Yeah, we shared some. We were very lucky a couple of years ago um, to get access to the church in the evening because we'd, we'd already had some pictures of the various stained glass windows, but at night, mm. the floodlights are on outside, mm. which makes it look really, really different. Yeah. Um, and we posted it on social media because it's such a lovely window. And one of our followers had come back to tell us that it was um, it was commissioned by the family of no I can't remember the guy's name hang on I'll see if I can find that oh, I feel I should actually know that you should know this <laughs> oh here we go Lieutenant Colonel John Cooper um, who lived at Capoo and died there in 1948 I think it wasn't a sort of army related I think he'd had some sort of illness or yeah. whatever um, but anyway, his family had commissioned the stained glass window, and it's it's a really lovely one actually. It's got the three kings and the shepherds and um, Jesus with his halo and the wee star up in the corner. It's a very nice window. And going back further, mm-hmm. I'd imagine there would always have been a nativity in some form, but it maybe would have been acted out in the church as part of, like it wouldn't have been the kids necessarily. Like it almost would have been like a. Mini play or something? No, no, no. Is it no, a new no, thing? No, no, not in, no, not in the churches here. Not in the churches here. Um, the church in Abernethy, at, at least from the early 1700s, was very conservative. Right. Very, um, very, Protestant. very Protestant. So the, the kind of nativity, I think. You can kind of draw parallels with the passion plays and things like right, that. Right, okay. Um, which are very not Protestant. Yes. They're sort of in the... The, the Catholicism, Methodist Catholic kind of vein. Yeah. Basically, it was that, I mean, stereotypes become stereotypes for a reason. But mm. anything that was colourful and joyous and people... Celebrated. Celebrated and, you know, was warm and bright and not just a load of middle-aged guys going about wearing black and being grumpy all the time. <laughs> Was heavily friend upon. Yeah. yeah. I know that's that's. No, yeah. To, but know. yeah, as you say, stereotypes exist for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, I think. 
Yeah, it would have been viewed as dangerously papist. But backsliding yeah. at yeah. that time. Yeah, yeah no, in, know, in, in, in the 70s, I don't know really when typically started being more of a thing. But is that why then, as you were mentioning before we started recording, it was kind of considered just another day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, that, that's... So that takes back to the Reformation. That, yeah. You know, obviously John Knox and his followers um, removed statues, they mm. broke stained glass windows, they yeah. took all the colour and joy out of everything. Um, I think today we'd probably call them massive fun sponges. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there was all sorts of... There was arguments around the royal family and which Stuart was on the throne and whether it should be Catholics or Protestant or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it was very, very frowned upon. It was seen as being... The celebration of Christmas yeah. itself was seen as being a Catholic festival that yes. they would have no truck with. Yeah. Um, so when Scotland's kind of embraced post-Reformation Protestantism, Christmas was just another day. Yeah. And it, it didn't become a holiday a public holiday in Scotland until 1958. Mm. No, my, my dad um, served his time as a mechanic's apprentice in Sutherland's garage. And even in the early 60s, he only had half a day's holiday yeah. on Christmas Day. And that was probably goodwill as opposed yeah, to... Yeah, it might have been. They were often uh, New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still had to come to work in the morning yeah. on Christmas well, Day. Well, granddad used to talk about going to school on Christmas Day. Yeah. Wow. It just, it just was not a holiday. Yeah. If anyone celebrated it, it was kind of at home with their family, they might have Hurt and strong. And it's nearly, it was not quite to that extent, but it just wasn't the big I mean, we spoke a bit earlier before we came on air about how now Christmas seems to start on the 1st of November. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, Camden lads, it's a wee bit early. It's, it's one day. Yeah, it was uh, one day. and New Year was, was the big, the big yeah. holiday, you know, yeah. probably linked back to various pagan rituals about yeah. the, the return of the light and all yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know how um, 18th century I think probably Prince Albert started it. Yeah, I think the Victorians had an awful lot, with Christmas as we know it now, certainly. I think the Victorians and the the Germans, um, you know, that's where our Christmas... Well, they've got candle mass and they've got... Well, so did we. So these are the quarter days, mm-hmm. Candlemas and Michaelmas and all these. These are all the other misses. All the but other they had, misses. yeah, they because is that not where um, Christmas is the? No, it was it was the Dutch who had the the bad Santa. Krampus. 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 That's I couldn't yeah. remember the word there, and it that's probably where the naughty and nice thing came yeah. in at a certain point. Was it probably came in from the continent and. I mean, Coca-Cola has an awful lot to ask. Well, that's it's why it's red instead of... Because Santa was green, was he not? Yeah. yeah. Before, his suit was it's green before... At the end of the day, a lot of it, the, a lot of the kind of rituals, if you like, that we take for granted, like holly and mistletoe mm-hmm. and wreaths and all that kind of thing, it's pagan fertility, right? So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But it all kind of meshes together into celebrating new life and yeah. a bit of joy in the darkness because winter is long and cold and very boring. Today's temperature is not the standard, yeah. you know. The vast majority of people now have central heating. I don't. And electric really? lights. I don't. I have electric lights. I've got electric lights. <laughs> well, <laughs> electric lights. Welcome to the 20th century. <laughs> I would actually... Running water? Happy, yeah, got both of those. I would quite happily live in somewhere that didn't have any of that. Um, my other half quite regularly gets on to me for, for being a Luddite 
<laughs> and thinks that I would like to smash all of the spinning jenny. Yes. I'm not sure that I would quite go that far. But when you imagine like what the weather's like today, mm -hmm. and you think that my you know my area of research is 18th century. You imagine people living in Abernethy in the middle of the 18th century. Their houses are dark. Their houses are cold. You know it's we're dumb. just about to enter the deepest, darkest part of winter. And it's also most things have been harvested, so you're maybe working on what you've stored up for the past couple yeah. of obviously as you say except for the neeps and stuff that you're pulling out the ground as and when but well, there's a lot of things would have been sorted the and things we've got quite a few of in the museum are kale pots mm -hmm. and kale will grow right through the winter mm -hmm. and it's one of the few things that will grow so you're probably sick of kale by now so you'll be sick of kale soup yeah. You'd be absolutely sick of kale soup. I mean, but that's the other thing as well. A fodder crop, wasn't it, for your coos and your sheep? Because they're about the only mammals that can actually digest the stuff. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's basically just green well, that's what I was going to ask. Would it maybe be lamb rather than turkey at Christmas? That might have been, maybe. Um, in, yeah, in the 18th century, there were some people around here had the people who have more sort of hill, mm -hmm. hillier That's what I'm thinking, grazing land. They would have had sheep. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't think... A few cattle. Don't be wrong, but I wouldn't have thought turkeys would have made it this far. No, we wouldn't have... You know, for your, for your New Year celebration, as it would have been mm. at that time, mm -hmm. um, if you had a chicken or... And, you know, goose was probably like the the wealthier landowner mm -hmm. families. Yeah. I wouldn't imagine there would be many ordinary working folk. No. In Abernethy would have but then I bet you there was a lot of swapsies would ha like trades and stuff would happen between the yeah. the, the mm. tenant farmers yeah. you know I've got a, a bit of sheep here some... can I have some for some of your grain mm. or whatever else as well two neeps for a wee bag of carrots that kind of <laughs> yeah. yeah root vegetables would primarily have been what was yeah. uh, available to most people but I suppose the the influx of Victorian tradition mm -hmm. I mean, they were just ostentatious. That was probably the first ostentatious. Yeah, thinks the Victorians were kind of grey and beige and they were really colourful. No, I think you came out people. of the, the, the 18th century into the 19th and things. The, the economy becomes much more industrial. You actually start to have a little bit more. So farming's improved in the 18th century. So there's a little, there is more, there is mm -hmm. excess. And there is efficiency, so There's it's taking less effort to do these yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. You, and you've got the cultural machinery starts to be. Yeah, used and you start your mass production of cloth and mm -hmm. all of yeah. that kind of stuff as well. So then it's easier to dye dye linens and in a little place like this, where a lot of people relied on handloom weaving mm -hmm. to make their living, as that mass production came in, maybe they didn't have no, the no. excess. You know, it's... One of the things we did have here was they would have fish. Oh yes. yes. Oh so yeah. We're, we're talking about land, land animals. Chicken, fish, yeah. We're talking about land animals. They would have fish. That's true, and I think fish was the traditional dish in a religious context for Christmas and stuff for a while. Fish was a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. The loaves and the, the loaves and the thing. fishes. Yeah. 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 I, I, do you know? It, honestly, it's something that I tend to forget. Consider we're stones throw from the tea. Yeah. 
I tend to forget that, oh, actually, people would have fished in the yeah. or they would have brought things yeah. and, you know, or go out on the boats via the tech. Yeah. I forget that probably I fish were... in our lifetime, it was a bit... It wasn't a thing that everyone did. Some people did go and work no. at the fishing, but that was part was... of an industry. It wasn't... Yeah, there were a few people... I think for the time mm. you were kids had any sort of reliance. It's more a generation before us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I mean, we we've got quite a lot about fishing in the museum, but it's sort of our parents, parents, parents who for whom fishing was actually a, a livelihood. A livelihood, basically. Yeah. 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 But you know, you do forget how close to the tail you are here. Yeah. And the air. Yeah. I think because we, we've moved away. I can't remember if we spoke about it in one of the earlier episodes, but as road transport got better and yes. the roads got improved, uh-huh. um, you know, if you think about it, to get to Dundee now, you've got to drive out of Abernethy and down the big lane over the bridge and it takes forever. Mm-hmm. Hundred, well, a couple of hundred years ago, you'd have jumped on a boat and been across in half yeah. an hour. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, and we forget that, you know. So I, I'm, the estate that I'm looking at is down at the joinings of the Farg and the Erne. Uh-huh. And when you're down there, you can actually see part of the parish of Rind. Okay. Which is probably something like 10 yards across the river. Nowadays, if you were going to go from there to the same spot, it's seven miles by road. Wow. Mm-hmm. So Whereas like, it would have taken me seven minutes. Is that an improvement? Can we have a ferry back, please? People completely forget. Mm. So then, when that changed, yeah. as the the ferries and the cars, landowners by the, the waters kind of became less vital as a transportation yeah. link, because, did the power dynamic then shift to the the landowners that had the roads running through? You would Ooh. think. Well, maybe. Or was it just more of a democratisation of transport happened at that point? Because you you weren't reliant on so, the guy with the boat. I, I think a lot of it was maybe people started to be able to have cars. Uh, it's before cars. Before cars. Before, before well, yeah. cars. But that, that was the death knell, really, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you can put an engine on a boat. So, yeah. you know, why does it make any difference? I think part of the problem was, in the 1700s, roads basically went, there was, so, there was a lot of roads. Right. And but no maps. none of them were very well maintained. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you'd have a road that went from here up there, you'd have a road that went from here to Newbury, you'd have a road that went from here down there, have another road that went that way, and then another road that went that way. But when they started to, when the roads have started to be officially adopted, they kind of had to choose right. which roads. Mm-hmm. Which um, continues to this day. Which does continue. You know, you've got A roads and B roads and more mm-hmm. roads and things roads. like adopted roads. And there are still some unadopted roads. But there were an awful lot more roads. Mm-hmm. And some roads, <laughs> this is really hard with it, a map. Mm-hmm. But there are some roads in the area that didn't even exist in the middle of the 1700s. Mm-hmm. But when they started to go, right, we need a road that does this, they actually put in new roads. So the road up through Glenfarg mm-hmm. is actually quite a new road. Mm-hmm. The road that goes from 
the bottom of the Far Glen to Bridge of Ern is a new road, road, the big straight road. Because that, mm -hmm. that land was wet and horrible. Mm -hmm. But once they had that technology and decided we need this road, they just drove the road straight through. And when you say they, they decided we need this road, who decided? They started to be, it was the government who started to decide we need roads, you know, from Perth to Edinburgh. We need, you know, the one that exists when, so the original road from Perth to Edinburgh came through Bridge of Ern, it came past Contillo, it went through Drawn, mm -hmm. and then it went up over the hill to Glenfarg and you know yeah because and then the M90 then superseded well, the M90 all that M90 superseded everything but the the road so the if you go to Bridge of Ern, you'll see old Edinburgh road mm -hmm. and that's now part of the back street and it comes up under the railway and then that road would have gone through yep. until drawn but because the bridge at Bridge of Ern was actually a really important bridge. If you were coming from Perth yeah. towards Edinburgh, they kind of straightened that out. So it went from Perth straight up through the Glen, because of course by then they had the technology to actually be able to excavate. blast and yeah. excavate. Mm -hmm. um, but it meant that you took the road away from the river, mm -hmm. so the road came away from the River Ern, mm -hmm. So the road that went into Fife actually came from Bridge of Ern through Cofargi, through Aberargi, and up through Glenfoot. Right. So there was a road went into Fife right up over Glenfoot. They straightened roads. They decided... So it meant that some places became <laughs> geographical backwaters rather yeah. than... Yeah, you know, making a statement on them, yeah. yeah. But also then, as, as yeah. motorised transport started to be more and more and more of a yeah. thing, then people transporting their goods and their produce, and instead of using the railways, mm -hmm. which had been a massive lifeline, you know, you could you could jump on a bus. My mum was a child; you could jump on a train in Aberdeen. Yes, you into could. Perth. You, could. you weren't restricted to the bus. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, the ferries going across the river was a bit old hat. Mm -hmm. Modern people had cars. I mean, there's something I find, I meant to make a proper note of it in the Ten Council Minutes, round about the kind of 1910 time frame, that they were looking to find out how they could ban motor-engined vehicles <laughs> really? from the road that goes round and past the Crees, uh -huh. because the young lads were getting their motor car with its 20 in miles an hour top speed. Boy racers in it. Boy racer in it, basically <laughs> around the corner and, you know, nearly hitting pedestrians and causing all kinds of damage. Okay. And they were they were writing to the county clerk in Perth to say, mm. can we legally stop cars using that bit of the road? Wow. Pedestrianisation. So the more things change, yeah. the more they stay the same. That's... I, I always have a really odd thing about the railways and the motorways because... Because for because my you research, the spinning jennies. I want to make smash, us all walk. Yeah, absolutely, and use like just horses and boats and things. I'm trying to look at a landscape that existed before mm -hmm. motorways and railways, mm. before proper maps existed. You know, yeah. Before what you would recognise, you know, these things just. Have... There was no ordnance survey. Someone just went, well, well that's roughly the shape of Abernethy, and the there's a tower is, there and a church there. When and... the first ordnance survey map, and then the railways are there. Yeah. So I find these modern routes just ruin my landscape. I was going to say it's a it's, it's a reputably changed yes. the landscape. 
And it's it's separated communities that would have been linked before? Well, I think we've discussed it before. You know, probably you'd have more connection with people across the river yeah. um, in Stuart, kind of, yeah. than yeah. you would with Perth mm-hmm. and Kinross, even, in the yeah. other direction. Um, and now I I couldn't tell you when I was in Insture last, you know, or any of those kind yeah. of Errol or wherever. The A90 exists, so even if you... You're bypassing You're, you're not actually going to Insture, no. you're going through Insture. Or um, past it. Whoever is taking us quite far away from I Christmas. I know, I was just thinking that. We've, we've, gone we've drifted off. Maybe we need Santa's sleigh yes. to come trotting up the A90. We're on the naughty list, it's fine. Back a little bit. Yeah, but that's okay. We're wandering round about. We're meandering. Meandering. Yeah. Round Christmas. What we could, what we could do, is send ourselves a Christmas card. Right, this has got, that's got to be the worst link. Ten ever. right, come on. Ten years link to the Christmas card. Um, so one of the things that exists in the digital archive in the museum is a lovely hand-drawn Christmas card that was made by one of the Polish soldiers who was here during the war. The is it hand-painted? War. I'm pretty sure it is hand-painted. So. Explain a bit about the Polish soldiers that were here then. Why? Oh no, I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very far from being an expert. I now can't find the photo. Um, but basically, during the Second World War, there was lots of uh, Polish soldiers came to the UK to you know support the war effort. And well, there we go, there's a picture of it, which our listeners can't see. We will um, try and share. Yes, we will we try, will try and share. And share. But they were stationed in various places round about the village. I think some of them were garrisoned in Williamson Hall, um, where kind of Hall Park, Den Park is now. There was lots of missing huts where they were mm-hmm. garrisoned there. And they were here for a good long time yeah. during the war. So, um, as you said earlier, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Mm-hmm. So people talking about those Polish people coming over here, they always did. Coming, you yeah. know what? They've been coming since the 14th century. Yeah. There's yeah. A long, it's a whole other topic that I don't want to get into today, but there's a long, long history but again, going to Poland mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. to but again, if the if the Polish soldiers were here in the in the forties, they would have brought their own Christmas traditions yeah, yeah. with them Absolutely. as well. There, there are some. I'm sure there's another couple of photos somewhere where, like a clothes factory, had the Christmas dance, mm-hmm. um, and they invited the soldiers from the garrison because they were far from home, well, they were away from their families. Do you know? So they kind of. The village made a real effort yeah. to not have people being lonely at that time mm-hmm. of year and absorb them into the traditions. Local lasses married some of the Polish yes. soldiers as well. Indeed, well, indeed. you know, it was interesting when I was a baby journalist back in the day. Oh, all um, over here, Katie. Sorry, I'll get that for it. Um, when I was a baby soldier, uh, journalist, a baby soldier, baby soldier, a baby journalist back in the day. Uh, one of the features I got to do in the Persian Advertiser was I did Polish Christmas. Right. And the difference of tradition between uh-huh. Polish people, because okay, it, was, it wasn't long, there was a Polish society or a Polish group kind of came to the fore in the mid-2000s right. when I was working for the paper. Um, just because there was a big influx mm-hmm. of Polish people and they created this little community. And I went and I learned all about Polish... And theirs is obviously a very Catholic... Christmas, because they are a very Catholic country. But their big thing was Christmas Eve was a bigger deal than Christmas. So they would have their big meal on Christmas Eve and do their presents on Christmas. And then Christmas Day was church Mm -hmm. for like five hours on Christmas Day. That's a lot of church. Mm -hmm. But it was really interesting because 
on the flip side of that, it meant if there was a couple that maybe one was Scottish, one was Polish, they do the Polish traditions on the Christmas Eve and then the Christmas mm-hmm. Day was the Scottish traditions. Mm. They got the best of both yeah. and they weren't trodden on each other's things. I quite like the Icelandic tradition on, that on Christmas Eve. Apparently, this, well, I'm assuming it's true. I've only ever seen it on social media, so I don't know. There is that <laughs> caveat. But on Christmas Eve, people exchange books. Oh, I love that. And Christmas Eve, curled up. With yeah, hot chocolate nice. and yeah. a box of sweeties yeah. and their new book, that would be awesome, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, that's just that. That's what we should do. We should. <laughs> we I mean, it, do. the nor the normal sort of church related thing here would be a service like a watch night service, midnight mass type. Yeah, I mean in person. But we wouldn't call it. No, 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 no. Would, no, that's what I'm saying. It would be the what the watch like. But yeah. I remember. I mean, my mum grew up in Perth, and they would go up to the monastery up on Canoe Hill, oh, okay. and they always did a thing up there. Yeah. And we're going to the watch the service with Dad on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And nowadays, you can go to the Weatherspoons on Tay Street. No. St Matthew's started doing a Christmas Eve service in the no pub. Way. I don't know if they've done it since COVID, but they definitely, for a number of years, they did it in the Weatherspoons. Do you know what? At a time where, from a kind of church perspective, at a time where congregations are Mm -hmm. falling, you have to go to people where they are, don't you? The secessionists would never have allowed it. They would be spinning in their graves. But yes, I can hear Alexander McKeith spinning. (laughs) You can, from a logical point of view, if you, I mean, even the the church here, the congregation is declining. People, yeah, but this was it, and and I think I think some churches are very big on outreach as opposed to bringing people in. They go out, and because the I'm sure it's St Matthew's. It's right next door to the Weatherspoons. Denomination is that? I can't remember. I think it. I think it is C of S. And yeah, and I remember again, yeah, baby journalist writing about this Christmas Eve service that took place in the Weatherspoons, and it did it for a number of years because I thought maybe they just did it one year as like a something a bit unusual and a bit different, yeah. but they did carry it on. Yeah, we won't get into the ethical no things mm. around Weatherspoons. No, yeah. no, that's a whole or, other episode that's a whole other. in itself. I mean, so. it, I'd imagine for some people, having a drink might help. A th- sit through a sermon, but <laughs> yeah, it's Church of Scotland. It's Church of Scotland. But yeah, um, I remember that was a, a it was quite in in quite traditional conservative Perth. To be fair, if you go back to you know the actual spirit of Christianity, as opposed to yeah, no, the church being very respectable and yeah. black clad, Jesus went out among the sinners. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is it, yeah. and, and he it, went to people where they were. Didn't expect them to come to him, so. Yeah. Sunday school teacher. I know, I know this is it. It's coming out. I that very deep within my psyche, but clearly we not. can always bring it back out. Thanks. But, <laughs> and but mulled things weren't a thing up here. That's an implant as well, isn't it? Mulled um, wines or warm your whiskey up a little bit. But I think, you'd have a dram rather than yeah. I think the wine mold. was such a well, even cider. Well, you get mulled ciders. And... You know, on the side where the church is now, it was a massive, great big monastery. Mm. I would imagine they'd been hoaching the mead, which they would have or buckfast spices and, <laughs> and stuff. I knew it's not, but you, a buckfast esque tonic wine made by monks. Yes, yeah. yeah. they might have heated some, things up a bit. Some kind of fermentation going on that could be warmed. And if it tasted yeah. minging, you'd bung in a wee bit of cinnamon and a clove. A clove. Yeah. <laughs> I've yet to find any. Illicit whiskey production in the area. Oh, really? We never had any illicit, illicit distilleries. As far as to say, we never. We just well, never found well, any evidence. We were very well hidden. If they weren't caught, you know. 
But it's in your house. It was in my house. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't me. It actually wasn't me. It was my great auntie. She used to make vodka in her kitchen. Nice. Um, Wish I'd make so your great auntie. rebellious spirit. Is clearly, yeah. you know, rebellious clearly. spirit with rebellious spirits. Indeed. Well, she was from Newton Street. There's, there's a title for this episode. Yes. And how will you be spending Christmas this year? I will be at the family pile with the parents. Um, Yeah, the usual very quiet Christmas. Christmas dinner, traditionally Christmas dinner. Clutty dumpling. Clutty dumpling, bit of trifle. Trifle. I don't like jelly. Were you raised by wolves? I, I, I'm, I'm a weirdo. I didn't have bread sauce till I was in my mid-30s. No, no I don't like bread sauce. Oh, I love bread I sauce. I the point of bread sauce. If you're going to the bother of making the best meal, why are you putting yeah. breadcrumbs in it and not cheese? Yeah. That just seems a waste well, of opportunity. Well, this is true. What, what are you doing at Christmas yeah. this oh, year? Some family obligations. So my plan is for Boxing Day um, to be on the couch in my jammies with a good book and a box of quality stream. That sounds awesome. I'm working. Oh, I'm doing twelve till six or seven Christmas Day. Same again. Box never stops. News never stops. Unfortunately, everyone else is off on Boxing Day, so they have time to read a newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> and so that so good people of Perthshire, please do not do anything bad enough please to get don't. you in the news. Please don't. Have a nice quiet. Christmas. Don't don't start a rammy on Christmas night in the no, pub, or else don't. I will be working late. <laughs> if you're going to do anything, make it a happy thing. Yes. Make it a nice thing and enjoy it. Fill the paper full of Christmas cheer. Yes, and we've already, we do get in advance. We start working on bits and pieces that we can, you know, what's happened yeah. this year in the news yeah. and all that kind well, of I stuff. I do hope that the Abernethy Archives podcast is featuring heavily Well, as a big deal for 2024. I have plans. <laughs> I have pl- what to listen to in 2024. Well, we are, we have, we have things in the work. Um, But yes, I will be working and my brother who is a policeman is working. He's back shift Christmas night as well. So you'll be hoping for him that nothing goes Yes, so people of Ochterarder, stay inside and behave. Have your dinner and slob out in front of Doctor Who. But we have tiny toddlers running about now. So this is the first Christmas. We're doing brunch as a family before Mm -hmm. everyone goes to work in other places. So we have tiny toddlers running about and this is the first Christmas they're kind of going to be aware. And your brother are basically living the pre-1958 experience. Yes, Yes, we are working on Christmas. It's just another day and hopefully... I'm very lucky given the the bit of the public sector I work in to be able to have Christmas Day and Boxing Day off, so... Oh, I'm a student, so... Every day is Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Watching Holmes Under the Hammer. So yeah, we that's I guess we're towards the end of this. Well, we have to go and get our Christmas. Yes, we're about to have the podcast Christmas lunch. Podcast Christmas lunch. So as ever, if you have any questions or queries or snippets of information you'd like to see featured, you can email us on Abernethy Archives with an S at outlook.com, or you can catch up with Museum News over the festives on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram channels. We may not be posting quite as regularly over the, the two-week holiday, but we will There'll still be, be there. some kind of chocolate or cheese coma going on. Yeah, yeah basically. And books to and have yeah, noses in. Indeed. But, um, yeah, we will have a few things scheduled, um, and we do try to keep on top of comments as far as we can when they come in. So, 
You can also contact us through those channels if you forget what the email address is, which we all do on a regular basis. So, <laughs> so thank you all very much for listening. Thank you for joining us once again. We'll be back at some point in January with another wee episode. We certainly will. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.